you're you're not saying that your your bad sleep schedule and you know carbo lording didn't spike your insulin to increase your deductive capacities uh no that's me and how i sit with one foot tucked under my thigh you homophobe <laughs> all i'm saying is that when when el, when el says that if he doesn't sit like a, if he sits like a normal person his deductive capacity decreases by 40 percent. and i was like that's just every bisexual person i know Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> and this week, we sow what Layla's been reaping and finally watch the live-action Death Note and the Death Note musical. Before we engage in a bunch of outdated computer metaphors remember you can help us on mortify the legitimacy quest by subscribing to us on youtube itunes or spotify setting up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes or following us on twitter and tumblr at mortified pod layla aaron you have been threatening me with this live action adaptation for months now and you know what it was exactly as painful as you promised it would be yeah it's a really bad actually it was worse on the f- what is how many times have i seen it it was worse on the third watch i think the wor- worst it's ever been for me so i <laughs> i had a terrible time but thankfully we redeemed ourselves by accidentally discovering the death note musical uh via tiktok one day and uh we that's gonna more than make up for the terrible terrible experience of watching the death note movie um Let's let's talk about the movie and then the musical. We can kind of, you know, talk about the differences uh, between those adaptations and the anime. Um, and now we'll we'll get into the differences between the characters as well, and we'll talk about our various plot points. But um, yeah, I mean, what what would you say the key difference between the Death Note anime and the other adaptations are? Um. So. The musical's easy, right? The musical's, like, shorter, and obviously it's two and a half hours long. Um, and it's campier, and it leans more into uh, the interpersonal relationships rather than, like, trying to make a statement about law and order and divinity, um, which is the parts of Death Note that don't work, is the statements on law, order, and divinity. Um, the movie is... Um... A lot. It's the difference is that one, it's set in America. Two, um, Light has his murder agency taken away from him constantly. Like he's he's constantly being like convinced to do murders because you can't have the protagonist in a story be a crazy person. We'll get into that later. Um, and it it's what it's wild. Um, yeah, I, that's it. That's it. That's all I can say. Um, it's, it's, this story does not belong in America. Uh, here, I think, I think you're right. Like we were talking about this, uh, because we've been talking about it constantly today. Um, but like, I think, I think you were right in saying that the musical works because it is fun and gay, um, which is like kind of an intrinsic element of all good musicals. Um, it's, it doesn't take itself, I mean, it does take itself seriously because Death Note is inherently a self-serious property, but it does like, you know, it does have a lot of fun with Ryuk and, um, you know, the, the, the actors are able to overreact and, and respond in a way that makes sense for, for a stage musical because you have to have big reactions. Um, and I think that works really well, but like you said, the Americanization of the Death Note adaptation from Netflix is a goddamn travesty. It not only kind of... Listen, American consumers are sometimes rightfully criticized as, you know, not having incredibly developed taste. Um, but, like... <laughs> being so condescending uh-huh. as to be like, Americans won't care about this if it's not set in Seattle is, like, so ridiculous to me. 
and completely disproven by the fucking ubiquitous popularity of Squid Game. Yeah, I mean, listen, (laughs) if you have a good property, even Americans who notoriously hate reading subtitles will go and watch your property. (laughs) Like, you don't need... That's the thing, like, who was this Death Note movie for? Like, because apparently it wasn't for people who liked Death Note, because if you already liked Death Note, you would be like, yeah, it's in Japan. Uh, but is, is it like, I don't know, I we just watched Twilight a couple weeks ago, and I just, like, cannot, uh, the contrast between, you know, rainy Seattle and rainy Forks, Washington is just, like, getting to me in a way. It's like, is, do, do people, maybe, was there trying to, like, try to draw, like, a YA contrast here in some way? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, uh, that's a good question, actually, because who is it for? Like, um, I made light of how different these two properties are. But I mean, because most of the differences are actually in the characters because it's such a character driven property. And I didn't want to take up that airspace that we're about to enter. Um, But like, it is important to note that, okay, for one, um, in the anime and the musical, Light has his own kind of very black and white view of justice, right? That's the whole thing. Um, In the movie, he's just like a high school kid that gets bullied for some reason. Like, bonkers, okay. Um, There's no Misa, there's Mia. She's a cheerleader. And Mia's defining characteristic to me is that she is like literally horny for murder. Yes, that's the first note I wrote down. It's like, she is only (laughs) interested in light when he kills people. And it's the fucking worst, like, daddy's little monster ass character archetype. And it makes me want to vom. Yes. So, like, truly, is this for the um, the audience of, oh, my God, what is that movie? Suicide Squad? Like, is it for the Suicide Squad audience? Is this supposed to be, like, a, a gritty, quote-unquote, superhero movie? I mean, it almost seems that way, right? Like, just because based on the aesthetic touches and, you know, the weird songs in the movie and, like, the... Take my breath away! <laughs> yeah, if that ever played at a prom that I went to, I think I would have to leave. I think I would be convinced I time-traveled. That My only association would Take My Breath Away uh, by Berlin, which is actually a good song. It's fine. You know, it's, it's an 80s song. Um, is a terrible workout tape my mom had in Moscow when I, when I was bored. I would, like... Well, I was like six and I would do the workouts with this tape set to take my breath away. <laughs> that is an extremely specific and good anecdote. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the movie. I think we can't not mention the sticker in Mia's we, we have to wait to the characters. We have okay, to. Let's, let's talk to light because. Mm, yeah, just just when we're, as we're thinking about Daddy's little monster character archetypes, just keep in mind that Mia has a sticker in her locker, listeners. Yeah, um, welcome back. Light Yagami, uh, or um, fucking Light Turner. Light Turner in the goddamn movie. Um, what are what the difference? Their kid Light. Yeah, like I mean, we have to assume that like right. There's a whole conversation about how Light and Moon are like kind of similar characters in in the Japanese. But if this we're supposed to take this as an American kid. I mean, like, I guess <laughs> there, there's literally a line that's like, your mom was kind of a hippie, so, like, maybe that's why. <laughs> I, hold on, I have to look up what, what, uh, Light's dad's name is. Uh, okay, Light's dad's name is James Turner. So can you imagine being like, hey, I'm Detective James Turner, this is my son, Light. Where does that come from? Yeah, yeah, there's, it's so weird. Um, Anyway, he sucks. Yeah, I mean, he still sucks. Like, listen, Light Yagami done get better. He is what he is. But I think there are various um, adaptations uh, of this character. So in the anime, you know, I guarantee if you are listening to this episode, you listened to the episode of Mortified on Death Note. So you know, thank you for listening, but if you are the, like, 0.1% of people who didn't, is like, I'm gonna start here, please just go back and listen to the episode where we talked about Death Note, <laughs> or you're gonna have such a bad time. Um, you're gonna have a lot of questions that we can't answer. Yes. That, um, we, we have answered. We have answered. Um, go back to listen to that, but... So Light Legami in, in the anime is just, like, kind of a weirdo edgelord, like Layla said, got a black and white morality, uh, loves to, you know, call himself the god of the new world, takes the moniker Kira, 
which is, you know, like a cognate for killer in, in English. And, you know, he, he does a lot of murders on people who are um, considered by him to be bad. Um, fine. That's what the base character is. Um, in the musical, he's like pretty much the same, but like he is a little bit more human, I feel. Yeah, he's got less of that. Um, you called him a Mary Sue, which I think was very apt. Um, he's less of a Mary Sue. Like, he's a little bit more of a loner. Um, there's no, like, girls fawning over him. There's no, like, big friend groups. He doesn't have to take anyone on a date. Like, he's more of a loner and more... Um, the thing I really like about Light in this one isn't anything having to do with light. It's having to do with the way that people react to light, which is to say that this kid constantly gets shut down by people. Like his teacher in where is the justice is literally like, uh, yeah, everyone, your points have been made before. Yeah. People have talked about doing eye for eye again, and it's been so easily debunked. You stupid child. The fuck are you talking about? And then he goes to his sister and he's like, so Sayu. If you were talking to Kira, like, right now, what would you say to him? And Sayu's like, I would ask him to stop fucking killing people and be more like my brother Light. And Light's like, ah, okay. And he goes to um, his dad and he's like, you know, Kira, what if he has, like, a point, you know? And his dad's like, Kira's a fucking criminal, my dude. <laughs> shut down constantly and you know being made out to be a like a extremist 17 year old and i love that i think it's very funny because every time he doubles down he's like actually i know i'm right and my shinigami says i'm right kind of well he's enabling me and it's the same thing to my 17 year old brain um so i'm gonna keep murder i think i'm gonna keep murdering yeah i mean i think the musical version of light is the best because like you said he doesn't have all those like you know superpower social superpowers where he you know he's a genius and and everyone loves him and he has a ton of friends um but like he is also like constantly framed in the musical as not being the good guy like it's very aware whereas the anime it's like uh the anime kind of likes light um when you really really shouldn't um light turner so in 20 in, in june or july of 2021 um i'm gonna post the meme to the the, the know your meme link to this in the in the uh, episode description but somebody made a drawing of light yagami uh which just has light holding the death <laughs> note saying uh stop killing people i'm literally neurodivergent and a minor <laughs> um, which is basically what the movie version of light is uh, which apparently comes from a Grimes fan Instagram page, which is just, it tracks. It's 100% correct. <laughs> it tracks. Like, it tracks. That's exactly the vibe he's putting off. He's like, because at one point Elle confronts someone. He's like, um, if you kill me, it's actually going to get so much worse. I'm stopping the murders from getting worse, actually. He, in the, the first time he gets beat up by a bully, he's like, oh, well, you're uh, over 18. If you punch me, it's child abuse. And then he child does get the shit beaten out of him, which is extremely funny. <laughs> he gets as he does that's that's the one satisfying thing that keeps happening in the musical and in the live action movie is he got clocked in the movie and ryuk did slap him upside the head in the musical to get his attention which was extremely good yeah um movie light is just like like Layla said the worst part about it is that like basically mia uh is pressuring him to do murders and uh ryuk is like oh you have to do a murder like once every seven days like they changed the rules in the movie version to Firstly, they add, like, like maybe 90 new rules, which is absurd. Um, and Ryuk can recall them from the top of his head, which is... Mm. <laughs> yeah, which is not really how Ryuk would do anything, because he's a dummy. We know that about him. Um, but, like, yeah. yeah, they all those, like, fake rules that Light made up um, in the anime, they made them real, which is, like, uh, so emblematic of, like, how bad they missed the point of Death Note. <laughs> Yeah, let's put a pin in the rules, because uh, that is going to contribute very heavily to the um, later conversation we're going to have about how the Christian god uh, plays in this movie. Excellent, excellent. Um, L, you know, 
we got talked about L. He is Light's, um, you know, counterpart, his antagonist, the detective that's always on the hunt, you know, searching uh, through thousands of pixels to find his enemy. Uh, Just Kira. one thousand pixels, actually. <laughs> one thousand pixels. Thousand pixels. Listen, okay. this was set in the year what two thousand three. So like, they monitors weren't that good yet. <laughs> it was like a monitor and a half in two thousand three. <laughs> it's really funny, um, but like. Yeah, and the anime, he, like, you know, there's some problematic representation. He does kind of come off as, like, the bad stereotype of, like, the, you know, autistic uh, genius, which, like, is not great. I mean, like, they never say that explicitly, but they're clearly drawing from a type, which kind of sucks. Um, but despite that, Light is still one of, or not Light, L is still one of the best characters because he's so weird and interesting and, like, you know obsessed with getting kira but also like uses these weird fun tricks by like going to l's or light school and being like hey i'm l i think you're kira like that owns he's just like hey i think you're a murderer um and i will you know i think we both come down pretty well on l um what would you say about his characterization in the musical um they made him gayer which is fun (laughs) he comes off like this i call him a funky little weirdo which you put in the outline and he is a funky little weirdo whoever it seems like no matter the adaptation whoever plays al has the most fun and they should and they should um yeah it gets um all of the songs that al and light have together are very funny um very good and None of them are heterosexual behavior. No, there's a lot of homoerotic tension. Yeah, they have a song called, I think it's Secrets and Lies, where they're like, I don't care who gets hurt now as long as I get one more shot. Um, Okay. And in playing his game, he's like, I'm going to see through his eyes until, you know, like, I know what puts him at ease. ease. Yeah. Fellas! You ever think about what your your uh, mortal enemy is dreaming about at night? Do you think he sees pixels, not dreams? Uh, in a totally no-homo way. Uh, Fellas, you ever think about experiencing life as your mortal enemy? Just to see what he feels like all the time? Uh, it is unhinged behavior. But I do love him. I think he's fun. He's, he's very lurky. He lurks a lot. I like it when L lurks. Um, let's talk about Mr. Lakeith Stanfield as L in the live action. How did you feel about him? I think this is the best presentation of L across the three that we've seen. I love uh, Stanfield's portrayal of light. Firstly, um, he's a black actor, which is like very interesting um you know there are of course a bunch of racists who are like oh they they blackwashed the character which is like shut the fuck up firstly not a thing (laughs) not a thing um secondly like it's just uh, there is a physicality uh with stanfield's performance that i think really comes through it makes uh l seem off-putting and strange um like there is a scene where he jumps on the like chair in in light's house um and like like it just it shows you how dis discomforting and un- unsettling it is like he does that again when they're in like a diner i think but like it is just so funny to see i want to say nat turner not nat turner nat wolf um i believe played uh light light turner um uh yes you're correct okay yeah uh <laughs> poor nat nat uh wolf but um yeah it's just so funny to see him uh you know juxtaposed with you know sitting in a chair juxtaposed with uh standfield who is like sitting and like hunched over and like constantly jamming like nerds and gushers and like m&ms into his mouth which is another great character trait i love that they keep that consistent across all three adaptations um and he's like like you you told me about before lakeith stanfield's clearly having the, the most fun in this movie no one else is having a good time yeah, he he does a really great job. Um, he also he does a murder, which is great. It's implied. It's implied. Yes, yes. He um, does a murder, and, and we'll we'll talk about you know the endings of the two, the musical and the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think this is the best incarnation of L. You know, despite the fact that there's a bunch of really really boring stuff in the movie, I think very little of that has to do with L. Um, and even the parts that do like kind of work, like the Watari stuff, uh, you know, it, it it drags on. But I think narratively, for for that character, it works. 
Yeah, um, it was so uh, I watched this movie a couple days before you did, and it was the same day um, I went on like a really long hike with my dog, and I came back and I had just taken a hike, I had just taken a shower, I ate like a shit ton of carbs, and Act Two of this movie drags so fucking hard i was just melting into a little puddle at my desk like i can't and at some point i just paused the movie i was like i a bitch needs a yerba mate a bitch needs a coffee i literally drove myself to tim hortons got myself a coffee came back and then i unpaused and there is this turning point in the movie where it goes from super boring to completely unhinged and i unpaused and i went right into unhinged and i went if i had just sat still for five more minutes i would not have needed the fucking coffee (laughs) You're you're not saying that your your bad sleep schedule and you know carbo lording didn't spike your insulin to increase your deductive capacities. Uh, no, that's me and how I sit with one foot tucked under my thigh. You homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that when when El, when El says that if he doesn't sit like a, if he sits like a normal person, his deductive capacity decreases by forty percent. And I was like, that's just every bisexual person I know. Do you know. not watch me while we record these things? I'm just like sinking into my chair constantly. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. Listeners, Aaron has sunk into his chair. His foot is now above his head. He's oh, he's coming back. He's got a good goblin this face. Is, this so, is you. <laughs> no, we fuck you then. Fine. Let's see. Let's see, Mister Stanfield. Let's see if this works. Oh my god! Please don't hurt yourself. Layla has a gamer chair. This could go so bad. No, we're here now. I'm squatted in my chair. <laughs> I'm finishing the podcast like this. Hold on, we'll see how my knees feel about that. Great. <laughs> Wait, you can't see my knees. Try that again. Great. Good. <laughs> Awesome, fantastic. I'm also wearing all black, so <laughs> Yes, extremely on brand. Um Yeah. Alright, cool. Let's talk okay. about Ryu or Light's dad. <laughs> Let's talk about Light's dad. I don't know. Uh in the anime he's like a cop. Um he does the one cool thing, which is he drives an ambulance into a into a telecommunications <laughs> building, which is very funny. Um, yeah, I'm glad you're still a fan of that. He's still a cop in the movie, except he's a cop in Seattle with a Jersey accent, which I think is wild. Yeah, it's great. Um, anyway, yeah, White's dad is fine. It's very funny that they gave him a New Jersey accent in the movie. I don't think they gave it to him. I think he's just a Jersey guy. You know what? Good for him. I think he's just a Jersey lad. East Coast um, represent. Let's. Ryuka's so good. Okay, every incarnation of Ryuk kicks ass in a different way. <laughs> I actually don't like the movie one very much. I, um, I don't think it's great, but I think the voice actor is hysterical. Because <laughs> it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah, all that shit we said about Ryuk earlier. Imagine Willem Dafoe <laughs> saying that shit. They put that man in a fucking booth and made him bully a teenager into doing murders. Very good. I mean, in Willem Dafoe's defense, that's just what he does as the Green Goblin in the Spider-Man movies, so he's got experience. Okay, I do not have Megan knees, so I do have to come back <laughs> please, down. Please be careful. There we go. <laughs> Great. Yeah, cool. I'm sitting now on my butt again. Perfect. Um, um, yeah, so uh, in the musical, he has a big cape, and his entrance is so... So good because he they have like that Hamilton style uh, rotating stage and he just like is laying down with his head propped up on his arm and gets rotated onto the stage and is <laughs> just starts talking to light. He's like giving this whole melodramatic presentation and goes over and gets the notebook and then opens it and he goes, <laughs> you put this many names in? That's awesome! Sick as hell, dude! You were busy! <laughs> and then he he, call, he names him Kira, and it just continues to be unhinged. Yeah, I think Ryuk, by far, in, in the musical, is, is having the most fun. I think he does some really, really great bits, like when um, Mia is doing her pop song, he is singing along with it, like, in the audience. Um, you know, when they're, when they're giving their uh, grad- or valedictorian speech or whatever. Um, he like comes up and like steals the microphone from the the school administrator or whatever. He's constantly just like fucking around um, and being like kind of a little scamp, and I love that for him. And then we'll talk about this uh, in, in a bit, but like the turn that his character makes at the very end is is like pretty good. And I know I think you have 
you know, conflicted feelings about that ending. But like, I think that this is one one of the better um, incarnations of Ryuk and pretty much rules. Yeah, we should make note of the fact that like most Death Note adaptations either ignore, don't make it to, or fully retcon everything that happens after L's death. Yes, or and even some of the stuff in between. Like we didn't talk about it in our in our coverage, but there was apparently a third Death Note at some point, which oh, is God, very yeah. stupid and bad. And both of these adaptations are just like, no, that's that's not an interesting plot point, and it's also very stupid. So we're not going to talk about it. Uh, yeah. And you know, good for them. It's, yeah, it's a lot. No, uh, he is a little scamp and I love him. It's, it's, um, I like the, I like everything about Ryuk in, in this one. It's just good. Uh, makes me laugh. And I, I honestly, I was debating watching the musical again, the, like last night. Cause I was like, what if, what if I just rewatched it? It's catchy. It's good. It's good. Um, I, Misa Amane apology tour when? <sighs> honestly we need to add her to our um pink girls who have been betrayed list sakura kairi misa i feel like i'm missing one hinata there's more there's I mean, like we more. can't just i mean every woman in naruto but like there, there's more in in the medium in general um but yeah anime misa uh is you know she's like a big fan of kira you know she's she's also a little bit of a mary sue because she's a model and you know an actress and, and is very popular or whatever um and that's fine good and she she's in love with uh light fine whatever yeah whatever uh in the musical i think she probably has the best arc i mean it is still very much based on the anime so like it's not incredible she's still extremely you know it is a plot point to advance um you know lights lights uh character but like i think it, it's pulled off well and she does get a little bit more depth and and i appreciated that she writes a pop song signaling to Ki- with hidden messages for kira that she's the other kira wink uh and I think you put it in your notes. It's like, what if Ariana Grande was actually a psycho killer? I was. Well, because okay, listen. <laughs> in this one, like the we get introduced to Misa's character as a pop idol, um, and the first like lights taking his sister uh, Sayu to to this concert because she's a big fan of Misa, and Misa starts the the concert by being like, "This song is dedicated to our Lord and Savior Kira," uh, and I just thought like, man, if Ariana Grande was just like, "Hey, the psychic murderer that's destroying people in our prisons," uh, is actually. Uh, really cool and i'm in love with him that would be awesome (laughs) i mean honestly she was about one step away from going in that direction when she was dating pete davidson i think like she was real (laughs) close to a daddy's little monster face and got out of it um so i wouldn't put it past uh, ariana grande and all her songs are bops so you know maybe i would be the one in the alley with uh two by four smacking l on the back of the head uh for our lord and savior kira which is a thing that happens in the movie <laughs> yeah that's very funny um okay Layla. mia sucks mia uh, wait talk do it don't talk about the sticker i can't bring myself to do it myself she has so we see Mia's open locker when they're preparing for her homecoming. First of all, she gets light a top hat. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, like a circus man top hat, <laughs> a greatest showman, um, a little greatest show murderer top hat. Um, it does leave us with her open locker. She does have pictures of her and light in there with a sticker in the oh my god American Horror Story font that does say normal people scare me you all remember the mid-2000s right where people would have like the the mean rabbit with fun sayings on it and like that was one of them is just a setting on a washing machine it's so contrived and like listen if they are trying to portray a certain kind of character that's all they need because like yeah now i have every bit of information i need about mia um, but like, it's not a good character. It's not somebody I give a shit about. It's like somebody I'm actively rooting for to get written out of the story. Who is the audience? Who? Who is it? I want. Hey, hey, listeners, are you the audience? Mortifiedpod at gmail.com. Tell us, please. Describe. What are your viewing habits? I want to know what your Netflix queue is. 
please tell us. <sighs> Unhinged. It's absurd. And like you referenced this before, her whole thing is that she becomes interested in Light Turner because he can kill people. He like basically immediately shows her the death note and you know like it, it doesn't have the same role where she can see the shinigami if she touches it which is weird but like she he proves like like using a live computer stream i guess that he can kill people and that is the biggest fucking turn on for mia turner it really does it for her in a way that uh is uncomfortable and that basically becomes her whole character is normal people scare me and i love it when my boyfriend murders people uh and it sucks when we say horny for murder, we mean like physically horny for murder. Like they, they, those two fuck. Yeah, it's not subtle. Like they are making out and writing names and like getting naked in between, like murdering people. It's fucking stupid. It's a montage. It's bonkers. Um, that being said, the relationship sucks because, well, like just sucks even in the context <laughs> of the story because the end confrontation is them in a Ferris wheel and Mia's like, did you write my name in the book? And Light's like, you wrote my name in the book. And they just argue and then. Mia dies. It's it's a lot. Um, Rem is not in the movie. Yes, let's talk about Rem. I think actually, actually, Rem is spared. You know, they they wrote Rem out of the movie, and I'm actually a little bit grateful for it because we didn't have to see our one of the most interesting characters in Death Note um, get treated like shit. Who of like Willem Dafoe's caliber do you think would have done her voice? <sighs> yeah. I mean, you're going to make fun of me, but my first thought was Dame Judy Dench. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you, know? you imagine? <laughs> she did Cats. You know? She's been Either in worse she... adaptations. Judy Dench. Yeah, I think Judy Dench would has, like, the unhinged repertory or repertoire that you need to agree to a project like this. Either Judy Dench or I think... If she were still with us, um, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Yes. Yeah, oh my hundo. God. I wish. Uh, we don't. We don't deserve. That's why we live in the bad timeline. In the good timeline, <sighs> Carrie Fisher is both still with us and did Rem in the in the you know fucking Oscar winning <laughs> adaptation of the Death, <laughs> of Death Note for Netflix. If Carrie Fisher did Death Note, I would unironically become a fan of the entire pro- franchise instead of just the musical. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so she's not in the movie, which is tragic. In the musical, she is hot. <laughs> she is hot. Holy shit, she is hot. You know? I talk a lot about homosexual behavior. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, uh... This mu- musical was designed specifically to appeal to Layla, and we're very grateful for that. <laughs> I'm the audience. <laughs> it's true. I mean, she's attractive. She's... Don't get me wrong. It's hot. Um, and the gayest possible peak, peak lesbian. It's great. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a scene where Mia is strapped to a crucifix. Yeah, Misa, we cannot get them confused. Oh, shit, sorry. Misa (laughs) is strapped to a crucifix, and, like, Rem is, like, singing a sad love song at her bare feet, and it's like, oh, good, we finally got the feet stuff that we were missing from the (laughs) other adaptations. (laughs) You gotta bring it back in from the anime. Oh, God. Um, But, yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, Rem in the anime is, is, of course, the, the... the Shinigami who um, gives uh, Misa her death note. Um, uh, not her death note, but it doesn't matter really. Um, and g- gives her the ability to be the second Kira and, you know, gives her Shinigami eyes and basically falls in love with her. And it ultimately is the person who ends up killing uh, L because Kira tricks uh, her because she loves um, Misa so much that she'll, she'll sacrifice her life to, to kill L and save Misa. Um, and like, yeah, I, I, I think that the musical version of her is probably the best version, like even, even better than in the anime, just because they cut out a lot of bullshit and, and focus in on what makes Rem interested in, in Misa, even from the first, she's just like, you know, there's that song only human, you know, where they, where they talk about how, you know, Ryuk is making fun of the humans and, and Rem is like, I'm just intrigued by them. I'm fascinated by them. And we can clearly see how that quickly spirals into her falling in love with, with Misa. And it's pretty good. 
Yeah, because, you know, we're only humans standing still, born to live, pushing boulders uphill, baby. I've learned so many of these lyrics off the top of my head over the course of this weekend, which I think leads perfectly into, hey, let's talk about the songs in the musical. Yes. Um, let's just start start from, from the top and go down, and then we'll give our top five. Um, yeah, just a quick thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's go. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Overture is, is like just kind of a cool like everybody s- sings Kira and there's like a ticking clock in the background. Pretty good. Yep, thumbs up. Like liked it a lot. Good intro. Where is the justice? Extremely good. <laughs> Where's the justice? Fucks. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> and it's the one we found on TikTok. That's how we got here. Yes, so thank you. Thank you for that. Uh They're Only Human. Uh perfect. Great duet. Yep, we just talked about it. I do wish they were waltzing around the stage like the king and I, you know? I think that would have been fun. <laughs> that would actually rule, yeah. Um, Hurricane? Um, you really like Hurricane. That's my favorite song of this musical. Uh, you know, Layla, you were talking about how much lyrics you learned. I have been singing this song in my apartment, <laughs> like, quietly so my neighbors don't hear. Um, but, like, I like this song a lot. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. Another great one, I'm Ready. Oh, oh, Bob. Misa should have had another pop song. Yes, I think that's probably the worst thing the musical does is not get is to switch her to the love song, the love ballads, like you said in your notes. Um, because yeah, this this pop idol thing like really works with the the dancers behind her and like the the light show. Like it's a fine song on its own, but like with that extra like oh, this is a pop concert. That context really really elevates it, and I think it's great. Yeah, with Ryuk standing in the back and clapping also. Yes, Very good. Excellent. Um We All Need a Hero. Boring. Yeah. Uh The Game Begins. Now this is the song I've been <laughs> singing around my apartment. Yes, good. Uh incredible. It's just L being weirdly menacing for no reason and you know, a funky little goblin. It's good. It, it's 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 a pretty good song. Uh, there are lines. I like this song. It's not, it, it it does what it needs to do. Yeah, it's all right. I th- I just get tripped up by that lyric where he, where lights like, "Oh, father, you know that I agree with you. All the lessons that I've learned at your knee," which is <laughs> extremely funny. Yeah, it's uh, it yeah that yeah, it's an odd, it just like a dated lyric. You know, it it really dates the the show writers but it's like dated in the way that like if somebody used a phrase from the 1800s now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it, odd the it's... lyrics are strange in this one i won't lie yeah, yeah, um, yeah let's see secrets and lies i like secrets and lies that's the that's the one where um l and light are like uh f- i think that's the one where they're like uh i don't care who gets hurt now as long as i get one more shot which fucks mm-hmm. um so we actually saw this in japanese but change the world reprise i believe um, it's basically was, the one where the cops are talking about how scared they are that L's gonna murder them, or Kira's gonna murder them. I, I think it was great, you know, I actually kind of wish that they hadn't put in the English version, um, in, in the, the version we watched, because, like, the Japanese singers are very good, and, like, I, I kind of liked how, you know, seeing the, the, their words match up with the sounds, uh, that we were watching on that YouTube video, uh, worked. I, I liked the song, it gave some dimensionality to the cops, you know, like ACAB, but, you know, they're not real cops. Um... Yeah, I think I don't mind the I didn't mind the uh, English lyrics over the Japanese performance because it gave me room. I I have auditory processing issues as it is, so I have to read subtitles pretty attentively. Um, But it gave me room to, like, watch the performance itself more so than I was able to when they were just talking. That's fair. Um, Mortals and Fools. Oh, God, I love that song. It's It's a a love ballad for Misa for Light and for Rem for Misa. Yeah, it's pretty good um stalemate it's fine i think i like this song more than you um but it's you know it's it's okay um i'll only love you more boring (laughs) yeah there's nothing it's just another one of misa's ballads uh the way things are i don't even remember this i don't remember this one either it might not been on this the the track oh you know i think it got cut out of the show ah i see Yeah. yeah 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 um honor bound that's the sad song where he talks about his son and how he hopes he's not a murderer but he might yeah. be this is the one that gives me like kind of javert vibes 
um, playing his game. Oh, hell yeah! Very good song. <laughs> Kicks Pretty ass. Pretty fucking good song. Yeah, this musical slows down in the middle a little bit. Like, I know we've been singing a lot of songs. You're like, oh, fine, you know, whatever. The songs that are fine are fine. The songs that are bops are bops. And this one's a bop. It's good as hell. Um, borrowed Time. Functional. Yeah, I mean, I think it gains a lot by when you watch it on stage and Misa sing it while crucified. Uh, yeah! That adds a lot to my enjoyment of it. It's not a good song, but anytime somebody is crucified and singing, I'm here for it. Yeah, I love uh, the fucking ham-fisted Christian imagery <laughs> in this show. It's great. Uh, it's extremely subtle. Um, <laughs> when Love Comes. I like this one. It's all right. I mean, it's it's a Rem's final song, and it's it, I think it's actually, again, because of the, the physicality of, of the stage performance, like, pretty good. Yeah. Um, the way it ends. I wish this one was catchier, but I like what it does. I think the lyrics are good and can kind of convey, you know, where, where the story is going. I do wish, I, I agree, I do wish it was like a little bit harder hitting. Uh, and then that's it. Yeah, well, there's the Requiem, but it, uh, you know, it's 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 another, it's just like the overture where it's just, you know, yep. the townspeople singing. I think we should point out that the um, Where's the Justice comes back a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and it's only ever sung by light at first, the like citizens sing it the other two times and it shows like kira's influence it's really cool i like it a lot yeah i like a lot of the choreography is very good like there'll be times where like there'll be like people in the background and they'll stop and like start counting down to the seconds between somebody like that he's written in the book will die it's really really good um, and there's a song where uh, I forget which one it is. I think it's one of the. I think it's a hurricane reprise where he kills the FBI agent whose name was changed for some weird reason. I don't know. Uh, but when he kills the FBI agent, his last note turns into the the horn on the um, train that runs him over. Extremely cool. Love that yeah, a lot. Success. Um, we're just gonna talk about our our top five real quick. Um. I like Hurricane a lot. It's got very strong, like, uh, I wish I knew more about the language of of music because I don't think I have the vocabulary to express precisely why I like this song. But, like, there, there's a bit where it's just, like, you know, I think the lyrics are, are kind of silly, right? Like, the earth will shake, the sky will scream once they feel the power of the hurricane is not especially good writing. But, like, I, I really like the, you know, the human stains and all their sins blown away, like that the whole chorus feels powerful and strong and and like you know hard hitting in a way that i love um and again i don't know enough about music to say exactly the parts about it that i like but i've been you know there was a time in my life where i could hit all these notes without my voice cracking that is no longer the case but i've been trying this weekend to to get back to there and you know it's uh i really really like how strong this song is in ways um like um you know, I just like the song. Um, like we said, where is the justice? Just slaps. What is it? It's like uh, there's a there's a part in there I really really like that's like uh, uh oh, yeah. Hold on, I pulled my notes. Okay, so the teacher is like the world's not black and white. The choice not either or explaining to light like, hey, you're being a weirdo uh, about this. And light says perhaps it's time we drain the color from within till we're black back to seeing black and white white and wrong and right again it's not within it's from drain the color from it then i think yes but um yeah till we're back to seeing black and white and wrong and right again which like that's pretty good like like i said the hurricane lyrics aren't incredible that's a pretty good opening line but it it kind of fucks it's pretty good pretty good it's catchy it's it's very catchy um playing his game the aforementioned like very gay like dual song uh just want to get some samplings um well that's I'll... the tennis match right oh yes they they redo the tennis match the famous like analytical tennis match where they're just constantly spitting out you know fucking they're doing um what's the thing that freud does psychoanalysis <laughs> on each other um they just do that but they sing the song and said it and it makes the scene way way better um but like they're both singing like I'll catch him when I when I look through his eyes, see what he sees, and then improvise until I can learn what puts him at ease. I'll walk in, <laughs> I'll walk in his shoes as long as it takes. Till deep in my bones, I'm sure he's one and the same as the me who is playing his game. Hell yes, fellas, is it gay? 
What does he do <laughs> late at <laughs> night when the world is sleeping? <sighs> that was it's a game to wonder what it's like to wear your opponent's skin. A lot. It's a lot. Mortals and Fools, again, that's the um Rem and uh Misa song where Rem is seeing how much, you know, she's like, oh, I, I love Misa very much, but she is just in love with light and this is going to get us both killed. Um, you know, it's it's pretty good, um, you know. Try as I will, I just don't understand it. Love is for mortals and fools. Never turns out quite the way that you planned it, so why do you break all the rules? Like, pretty good foreshadowing of, you know, what, what Rem's going to do. Um, you know, I, I like it. It's a good song. Uh and then, of course, I'm ready, which is just such a bop, like a genuine, like ballad, and it, uh, it like it's so it's so poppy and upbeat in in a great way. Uh, it kicks ass. Um, like it it goes. Um, I'm ready. Yes, I'm ready. And I hope that baby, you're ready too. I'm ready. I'm, yes, I'm ready because I feel like I'm falling with you. And it's just like got this fucking pounding like bass in the background, and there's just dancers and like laser lights going on. It fucking slaps. Like the lyrics aren't aren't you know incredible, but that's not the point because it's a pop ballad. It just owns. Yeah, it does. It, it fucks incredibly hard. Um, so our fi- top fives actually have a lot of overlap, except <laughs> instead of um, I'm ready, I have uh, they're only human which I think is great. It's the waltz that Rem and Ryuk do when they're observing the humans from up top. It's just catchy and fun. And there's a lot of really great, um, yeah. So basically they, they, they talk about how like being human is just such like a waste and they're just down there like doing their little ant things and their little ant planet. And then at the end they say, <laughs> um, they're only human. They can't see all the years they could give you and me only human after all. So they give and we take till their silly hearts break looking down from above. I'm intrigued by their love. So let's call like it's it's great. It's it's a it's a lot of fun to just like watch them you know make fun of people um, it's, it's a perfect you know i want slash char- this is who this character is song right because it's like yes. okay i'm a death god uh but i have disdain for humans versus i'm a death god but i i'm in- interested in humans and, and they fascinate me and like it's cool and musically it's interesting because it's the only i think it's the only waltz in the in the only in the whole show i think everything else is set in a four four i could be wrong I would need to listen to it all over again, but uh, yeah. So it's it's cool that it's like almost otherworldly and it's very circusy sounding. Um, and I think uh, playing this game, Mortals and Fools, works just as the game begins. Yeah. So the other four, uh, we we line up on. on the I think other the four game songs. begins is the only different one. That oh, you have. sorry. Yeah. Instead of playing his game, the game begins. Um, the game begins is L's solo song where he's being a funky little freak. Um, though playing his game is also just really really good. It so, kicks ass. Yeah. Um, so now we've arrived at our talking points, um, the back half of the show where we talk about, we do, yeah, yeah, you know. Great. Awesome. We're having a great time. Let's go. Great. Another fan of, this is what happens when we talk about musicals. (laughs) Um, yeah, we're going to do some literary analysis of these great properties. Um, do you feel that the musical cut the right stuff out of the anime? Yeah. So that's the interesting bit, right? So like. Uh, oh god, I have to do this math really fast. So it's 25 episodes, 20 minutes each. It's going to be 500 minutes of content. It has to get cut down to 150 minutes of content. And what they chose to cut out was plot. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I think they cut out basically all the right stuff. <laughs> um, right? Because there's you know, a, a lot of of the stuff that they cut out is like, like we said, the third Death Note bullshit. Like none of that's in there. Um, but like they they also very quickly just like have Misa gain the Shinigami eyes and like get introduced to the show. I mean, like that that's just like she's introduced in the second half and then the or the, the end of the Act One and then all of Act Two is about Misa, um, you know, showing up and, and getting captured and like, you know when we we watched the you know naruto spectacular right it was kind of similar to that where it's just like okay so you know how naruto um you know how sasuke gets turned evil at the end we we only have like half an hour to do the entire sasuke retrieval arc let's just fucking jam it in there um and like they you know similarly they have to get a lot of plot in a very small window of time but i think it it really strengthened it right i think by focusing on you know that like you say the 
the tale of light and l's weird obsession with each other um you know first versus just like all the extra weird stuff about like showing how smart and cool light is and you know having him avoid all all the cops and you know you know faking cranking off with all the hidden cameras like i'm glad they didn't include any of that because it would have been weird firstly um but they don't have to do that they just get to the kind of the the interesting character stuff like and I think it does also does Misa and Rem a little bit better. I didn't watch, you know, enough of the the original to to know if they really get into why Rem loves Misa so much. But like, I, I think that this because they do these songs, like I don't think they're in, most of them are that good songs. But like, it does very much show like okay, she's in love with her because she's a weird little human, and like it basically just has her do the exposition about like you know how how jealous died and you know you know sets up how shinigami can die and how you know rem is has come to give of misa the death note it just does that in exposition it just straight up is just like i'm gonna give you a three minute speech about what happened and is never gonna be shown on stage but like you know what we just got to get the source material out there and it's fine and then of course you know when light finally does make rem kill or kill l which then kills her it does kind of give ryuk the motivation because like we do kind of see snippets of him like having fun with with uh rem and like at the end he's like okay well i'm not you know this was this was fun i was bored but now you're boring me again and you killed my friend so i'm gonna kill you like sorry idiot and like i do wish i don't think that's how the real light goes down in the anime i think you you there's like some really convoluted bullshit i think it would be much better if ryuk was just like okay you outlived your interestingness to me and just fucking kills him right and it was i really like there was a read of it in the youtube comments when i was kind of looking through that i really liked um i i don't know how i feel about ryuk getting bored at this junction just because he has he showed no indicators of being bored prior i think the i'm bored is born out of his frustration after the death of rem right so it's like it's not i'm bored it's i'm not having fun anymore which are two distinctly different emotions right Mm -hmm. um and the killing of light didn't feel like personal revenge right because that's like a very human thing to do it felt like it it felt like divine revenge it felt like putting light in its place because he flat out told Rem, he's like, actually, I'm just going to kill you now. Like, I have the death note. You've outlived your usefulness. So, like, you get to die now. Or do you want Misa to get hurt, right? Because mm-hmm. um, speaking of homosexual behavior, he does not even pretend to be attracted to Misa in this one. It's very like, oh, you have the second death note. Well, you know what's stopping us from being together? L. Who I love. <laughs> like, it's, there's, there's also a line at some point where he's like, He's, like, about to kill El because he has his name. And Ryuk's like, so you're going to kill him? And he's like, no, I have to do one more thing before he dies. And I'm like, okay. All right. I, like, invite him on a one-way trip to Bone Town because that's the tonality with which you just delivered mm-hmm. that line. Um, but, yeah, so he doesn't even pretend to be attracted to Misa. And he flat out tells Ram, like, I don't give a fuck about you, clearly. Um... And Ryuk is, at that point, more invested in killing him out of, like, divine revenge, which is also supported by um, when Misa and Light meet for the first time and uh, share their death notes so that they could see each other's Shinigami. Misa's like, oh my god, Rem is, like, so cool. She's so protective of me. A little too protective, right, Rem? And Light is straight up like, yeah, Ryuk doesn't give a shit about me. Ryuk Um, actually hopes for my death every day. (laughs) That's because I'm an asshole. (laughs) I am nothing but an apple cart to this death god. Um, <laughs> Ryuk, mouthful of apples. No, right. <laughs> it's really, it's incredible. But um, yeah, so it. I really liked it. I did, the pacing in the whole show is a little bit off, but I, I genuinely think that is the fault of the source material. Like there's just not much they could do with it. They did their best and the best rocked. So, you know, I'll take a seven out of 10 musical out of a two out of 10 anime. Yeah, any day. Um, how did you feel about the end of the movie? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I'm a good segue into talking about the Christianization of this. 
because my beef with the ending has a lot to do with that. So, in the original source material, you do get some of the rules of the Death Note. Some of them are fake, some of them are real. Um, so, the Shinigami, the Death Gods, have the, the notebook. That's their notebook, right? They are Death Gods. If you write in the notebook, your soul does not get to go to heaven or hell anymore. You are just going to oblivion. Um, the Shinigami are also, like, culturally acknowledged in Japan. Like, that's their Shinigami. That's, like, a thing, right? Um, notice something interesting in this American adaptation. Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Al, gave an interview to The Verge that we'll link in the show notes, where he talks about the fact that this adaptation is specifically for American audiences, which is why Al participates in an action sequence where he probably would not, and has a gun where he probably would not in other ones. All well and good. I'm, you know, take creative liberty, whatever. However, you start to notice a couple things once you, once you put these things in juxtaposition. So for one, of course, Al has to take part in the action sequences because he's the hero, right? He has to be the good guy, capital G, capital G, right? Light has to be the bad guy, but because he is our main character, he can't be evil. He has to be trapped by circumstance, right? Which is why we get a lot of his murder agency taken away. So he is being bullied in a murder by Ryuk. Uh, his first murder was coerced by Ryuk. Um, he is being bullied in a murder by Mia, which he at first does to impress her, but then she, like, kind of forces him his hand on a bunch of stuff. He's also being bullied in a murder um, by Elle sometimes, who goads him. Uh, and because he gets some of this murder agency taken away, um, he becomes more of a victim of circumstance and and a, a reluctant participant in the, in the mythos of the Death Note, uh, which... Ryuk is the keeper of, that's his function, um, which removes him, it's, it removes his godhood, right? If he is just a keeper of a notebook, he's not a death god anymore, even though he calls himself that. He becomes kind of a demon. And I think the reason that all has to happen is because you can't make a movie for mainstream audiences in America where one of the characters is a death god that can tell this main character who is not a hero, that your soul can no longer go to heaven or hell because you would be giving him agency over Christianity and that just wouldn't fly. It is such a strange choice to be like, okay, it's totally fine to have a notebook that can control people and kill people, but we have to make sure it fits into the, you know, cosmology of angels and demons. <laughs> Yeah, right? And then that makes, you know, because Ryuk can't be an angel or an outright demon, he has to be something else entirely, which is just a keeper of this notebook. Um, and that means that we don't get to talk about the realm of the death gods where they're all having fun and gambling. Uh, we don't have uh, insight into any other death gods, any other notebooks. It's just that one notebook shepherded by that one Ryuk. And apparently, if you write his name in it, he can die. But no one's gotten more than two letters. It's so weird that it's like, yeah, no, you could write my name in the death note, but you're not gonna. Um, like, I don't know why they added all these weird rules and stipulations and changes to to the original formula. It doesn't make sense. And I don't think it makes it more interesting. Well, because it, I feel like they were working backwards. Like, they were like, here's the end we want to get to. Here's the means by, we, by which we can get to it. Because I'm pretty, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that in the original, you only get to control the person for like six-ish hours or so, I think, before they die. Yes. Light gets like days. Wild. Ryuk like knows some of the rules off the top of his head. Apparently, if you leave the notebook for seven days, like he finds a new keeper for it, which is weird. Um... It's, it's odd, and it's just told through this weird lens where, you know, again, it's, it's this very Christian lens whether or not it wants to admit it, and that, I don't know, it's because the, um, the reason it kind of works in Death Note original flavor is because the actual divinity of Ryuk, right, the, in, within the universe, he is a death god, is juxtaposed with light as part of Christian imagery. Like, he's, he's uh, against crosses a lot. In the opening, he has, like, angel wings. But at the end, no matter what, 
light is just human, right? So it's it's constantly juxtaposing perceived and manufactured divinity with Ryuk's actual divinity. And because you can't fuck with Christianity, the American adaptation can't do that. So it tries to take the premise seriously while removing it from its context, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work being taken seriously for me either way, but, like, it super doesn't work. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. Like, they probably could have gone with the straight-up, like, just, just like, going against Christian imagery, and it would have been fine. Like, the very few Christian groups that would have cared about that would have probably generated more interest in the live-action adaptation than it would have actually been, like, good to boycott it. Like, fucking... If you watch anime, you don't believe in God. Uh, I hate to break this to you. <laughs> um, There's some you, Christian anime lovers in our inbox. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, sorry to break it to you, but you're an apostate. Um, but yeah, I don't know why they made that change. It's it's really bad and and, and does not help anyone. Um, and Layla wrote a great essay, uh, getting deeper into that that I will put in the show notes. But you should read that. Um, and just lastly, you know, as as we wind down, do you think that the musical and the live action movie set out what they achieved, what they set out to accomplish. Yes. And no, in that order. I think so too. Right. The musical is, is fun and silly and, and, and does get all of the melodrama and musicals are melodramatic. So I think it works perfectly fine. I don't know what the live action movie was trying to accomplish, but it didn't do it. Honestly, they should have just gone. You could make an American death note, but I don't think you could make it with light. I think if you make an American Death Note, I think you you make new characters. I mean, should we put that in our marketing minute? I am not trying to perpetuate this franchise. Okay, good. Very good. <laughs> okay, we will not try to... Because <laughs> I was like, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought, because I think you're right. I think there is a way to do American Death Note. Um, because there's a lot of, like, weird cultural stuff around, you know, fucking um, executions. Give it to Ryan Murphy. Who the guy right? behind Glee and American Horror Story. Layla, you can't speak these things into the world. Ryan Murphy at Stop. me. Stop. Stop. Ryan Murphy, I think you could make a great death note. All right. Well, I'm going to knock it's on wood. Season, what, 10, 11 of American Horror Story? American Horror Story colon death note. That might actually be an incredible crossover. I changed my mind. <laughs> um we'll see we'll see how that that goes um layla for our marketing minute Mm -hmm. are you what are you what are you proposing here have you ever watched the tony awards i haven't actually (gasps) okay the thing about the tony awards is that um if you have a show that's nominated um it is customary to do a medley during the Tonys, right? I love watching Tonys medleys. It's how I get exposed to to new shows all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I am still bitter about the Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 one because it did not center my queen, Danae Benton, but that's a neither here nor there. Um, so what I think would be fun is if we wanted to market the musical to other people, which I think we should because the musical is genuinely good. It's a great time. I think we should pick uh, three or four songs in an order our medley that we would take to the Tonys because the show deserves one. Obviously, you open with Where is the Justice? Yes, of course, that you get that set piece, you you get light introduced, there's probably some people, you know, dancing and doing weird, you know, standing on top of desks, right, like they did in the the thing, like, okay, sure, we get, we get, you know, a couple minutes of that. Yes, we love a Dead Poet Society moment. Exactly, thank you for reaching the reference I couldn't, um... Next, do you think we go with uh, They're Only Human? You know what? I don't, I'm not sure, right? I think we could maybe pull in a light motif from They're Only Human, but just tonally, because it's a waltz, I'm not sure it would, you know what? It would maybe work as a transition between the set piece of Where is the Justice and um, like literally like just 10 seconds of, of We're Only Human, and then we can go right into Kira. Can I pitch uh, their only human slash I'm ready mashup somehow? Yes! Yes! <laughs> I think you could. Wait. I, I think I'm ready is in 4-4. It would, it, we could make it work. We, we'd figure it out. I think you, yeah. could, I think you could make it work somehow. Yeah, but, we, we uh, could figure it out. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, where's the justice? Um, then we go into I'm ready, their only human mashup. 
Um, and then do we want to do, I think, I think, I think there's room for a game begins playing his game mashup. Yes, definitely. Cause those are very similar songs and we get the whole L Kira tension and like, they can be like, you know, standing on opposite sides of the stage and like, we can have people doing fun shit in the middle. Yes. And uh, I think the backup dancers from I'm Ready could probably have, like, suits on underneath. Yes, We love a quick change in Broadway, so they just... Mm -hmm. And become investigators. Very good. I think that no matter what we do, it needs to finish with mortals and fools. But how do we get there? Hmm. Um, It needs to be, I think, a Soichiro song. Yeah, it, we could do the the one with with him in light, the There Are Lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. know that that, you know, fits. I think the context for that would be very strange in, in a Tony medley. Um, it might be, you know, it might be Honor Bound. Maybe Honor Bound, maybe a snippet of Honor Bound over the ending of playing his game. Okay, yes, that would be good. Um Either way, I do think we have to get a crucified Misa in the very middle singing. Uh, she comes up from the stage like the candelabra from the Phantom of the Opera. Yes, absolutely. Uh, fuck yeah, that would be good as hell. Tony's call us. <laughs> Come on, we have great ideas. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Tony. Mr. Tony. Um, yeah, and then we go into uh, 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 Mortals and Fools, which is a banger. Uh, incredible great awesome so uh mr tony call us that is our medley and that is how we're gonna get people to watch um this musical which i think i've gotten four people to watch it at this point just in the last 48 hours <laughs> so i'm doing great on my own oh layla when we are not just giving out fucking solid gold ideas for absolutely zero dollars where can people find us on the internet? You can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter and Tumblr, where I am posting art again. Isn't that crazy? I'm drawing like four things this week. And I wrote that Death Note essay that uh, Aaron referenced. I-, I believe it's called Reclaiming a Death Note for My Fellow Scorpio Stunt Queens, which is just a really good, <laughs> a pretty good title, if I do say so myself. Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at AaronSXL, where I talk about tabletop RPGs and health policy. Uh, you can listen to the other podcasts I do at The Bible Boys. Uh, we are going to be rounding out our spooky season. We're, we're halfway through. Uh, going to talk about The Conjuring uh, on, on Wednesday. I have yet to watch that. I'm so scared uh, to watch it, but I think I'll probably end up doing it after this recording. So <clears throat> rip me. But uh that's that's my cross to bear. Um, our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, what do we tell our audience as we send them off to be mortals and fools just like us on this great week in October? Well, buddy, I don't know. I don't do check. I only do checkmate. We'll see you next week.